You're listening to Season 5 of Views from the Bridge, your second favorite podcast about the Philadelphia Union. Views from the Bridge is part of the Beautiful Game Network. For soccer writing, content, and other information, check out bgn.fm. Now let's get right to it. Do we want to be a good team, or do we want to be f***ing great? Welcome to a special edition of Views from the Bridge. Your second favorite union podcast behind like another one you guys listen to. For those of you worried at home, this is non-copyrighted French music, and my name is Paul Catrino Jr. Here hosting tonight on a special occasion because Evan Valala is somewhere else. And we've got <laughs> two two other co-hosts that I'm happy to welcome aboard here. We have Rocking the Brighton gear yet again. I'm I'm loving it. This one, I, I think I like this better than last week's. It's got the neon in it. It's Justin Ashcraft. I wish you could see how cool this jacket looks. Yep, yep. There's your visual and audio. Anyway. Uh, oh, yeah, yes, that's right. I'm We're good. on YouTube. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Um, yeah, it's, um, uh, you know, Brighton's off to Wembley. So that's that's a good, that's a good uh, point in the season to be. Most definitely trying to click at the right point here uh, and trying to click on the right point of his screen to get this loaded up and on time is Chuck Booth. Uh, I don't mean to call you out on that. I'm just not as good as transitions as Evan is. How are you, bud? Uh-huh. Um, sure. <laughs> I am good. I'm here to talk about soccer. Oh. allegedly happened. All business, all right. Allegedly. 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 Uh, statistically uh, speaking, <laughs> I think we should say. Uh, statistically, uh, those who were worried about the Union in the Champions League probably didn't have a whole lot to worry about, despite uh, one of our hosts here predicting that they would start eight people, myself, uh, because they needed to bolster a good lineup against this Alianza team. Uh, turns you out predicted that only eight people would start the game. Eight starters would start the game. Uh, eight starters would start the game. Uh, I set the over at seven and a half. I set the over under at seven and a half. They ended up uh, bringing in six starters from the first game of the season. So I was incorrect. Congratulations to those who were under. Uh, but they didn't need all those starters. They won for nothing uh, in quite convincing fashion. <laughs> Guys, it's, it's at least just fun to see the Union do this, considering that not every MLS side made it out of the stage of the competition. That's a true statement. That not every, not every team made it out. Uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't watch uh, all of this game for sure. Um, but I I think the probably highlight of the game for me is that Perea uh, got off his, uh, you know, started in his union career with a double of the brace. And uh, that's good to see. Yeah, especially when you see that Quinn Sullivan hits that pass to Perea and he's already celebrating before he even takes the touch to shoot. Because, like, that really mm-hmm. does have to say that Perea's been so clinical in training that, like, given these moments to shine, he's going to shine. And that's just great to see from one guy who's working to get into the starting rotation to another guy that's working to maybe get into the starting rotation. It was, it was also nice to 
um, finally see the Union play like they were actually up a man after a red card. Um, oh and my god! Just absolutely. <laughs> dominate the game from that moment over i mean it it was pretty clear early in this game that something ridiculous was going to happen for the union to not win um and um luckily that just didn't happen and they took care of business and are now moving on um to face atlas yeah alianza definitely came in into the game like like, oh, we're gonna foul, we're gonna see if we can get under the union skin. We're gonna it's it seemed like from the beginning of the game, it was like, okay, the union have to just keep their heads about them, not get into any crazy stupid fouls and stupid mental battles, but just just play their game. And if they continue to just play their game, they were gonna win the game. And of course they did. Yeah. Uh didn't really it didn't feel like it was too out of reach, even going into that, into that end of half. Damian Lowe gets it in half. Uh, what stoppage time? First minute of stoppage time, I believe. Uh, it's awesome to see him definitely up and running too. Shows that he can really do it on both ends. That was that was pretty nice. Always nice to see Gazdag sinking penalties. Uh, <laughs> definitely needs that confidence for when he's going to need it most which is probably going to be in a way more stressful than it needs to be playoff game coming this October. <laughs> uh, yeah. But Paul, the union aren't making the playoffs. Ah, uh, yes. In the current MLS format, the union will have to play about 18 playoff games before they see MLS final. It's a long and perilous journey. Uh, but yeah, the union do that in champions league. They're going to have some fun with their next opponent. Uh, in that competition, they did not have fun taking the trip up across the border <laughs> to Montreal. I mean, okay. Before you get too far into this game. You want me to turn the car around? Yeah, well, I, no. I'll I, turn this car around, Justin. I, no, 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 no. <laughs> I said it right after the game on our on our Twitter chat, but... I feel like the union played up until Carranza got the red card or yellow, second yellow, whatever. Um, the union probably played the best game of the season uh, as far as they were creating chances all game long and they looked the better side, uh, you know, until obviously until Carranza got the red card and maybe even until... 90 plus you know i don't think that this was a game where i look at this game and go oh shoot the union lost three to two and played the worst game of the season and blah 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 blah. it wasn't that it was the first half of the game i mean the union got off to a quick start and then played pretty well and looked pretty good for the rest of the half and passed the ball around and everything else my comment to my wife at halftime were was the union are going to win this game like four to one. I said, cause they were creating, they, they look like they were going to, and then Carranza got the second yellow. So I, before we get too far into the depressiveness of this game, I mean, I feel like this was actually a pretty good game until the 90th minute of the game. 
where the final score ended up being three to two to Montreal. It's a loss. Boo. Um, no, no, don't, don't feel too bad about this guys. Uh, that second goal for the union, like the buildup from the back to, uh, was maybe one of the prettiest goals the union have ever put together. So all y'all need to sit down and appreciate what you have here. Build up play wise, not to mention that Jose Martinez was involved in that buildup and did not bundle the pass. Well done, sir. Well done. Also, on the first UA goal, that was one of the nicest passes Jose Martinez has ever produced at that like distance and range. I didn't even go directly to Ura. It was just enough to let the deflection off the defender give him a chance. So, like, all the credit in the world to Jose. In the Champions League game, he did not get, like, overly aggressive and he played the game they needed to to dominate and in this game he really opened himself up as someone who's more versatile which is great but <laughs> mm. so, um, <clears throat> um so like the the right card killing the game is already kind of pretty straightforward but Paul, how, how can you go to VAR and say no goal and then go back to VAR and say goal? Um, and I get that the point of VAR is to make the right decision and it probably should have ruled that it was a goal the first time, but in all of the soccer games that I have watched, I have never seen a referee go back to VAR twice to make a decision. Um, and Chuck, you only watch like two games a week, though, right? I mean, you don't watch the <laughs> soccer games. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. I actually, um, I mean, at this point, it's maybe half half a game a week. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> we just include Chuck because he's fun and he brings us tea and desserts. Um, no, I mean, therein lies the problem, right? Uh. Hawkeye and VAR, which, by the way, I work for Hawkeye, and I am bound by some non-disclosure agreements to discuss things about the VAR process. Blah, 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 blah. Regardless, what I can say is that this is not a great look because they have all the technology in the world to be able to get this right the first time. Then that's the problem. You need to get that call you need to have those angles available so that there are less stoppages in the game. That's the point of it, is to streamline the process. Get it right the first time. When you go back and you look at the second review and how obvious where Kai Wagner was in the play, you can't miss that. So how did they miss it the first time? I just, that's, I'm just confused there. If, if if it's human error, let it be human error. You might not hear about what happens behind the scenes with it, but I can't imagine that it's going to be a pleasant conversation because that is a bad look for sure. It's just the nature of the beast there. 
because it's infuriating. It's got to it's got to be. If you're a union fan, I understand that you're infuriated at that. Surely. And even when Jim's quote after the game. Jim Jim gets up in his press conference says, "Uh, shit show comes to mind." I mean, that is a very appropriate um summation of what happened cuz and and even when it comes to camera angles with the uh new Apple TV deal, MLS has more camera angles than they've ever had available for every game whatsoever to um make these decisions and like people wouldn't have been happy because you still can see the goal, but if that didn't have to take two times to be conceded. And like and it's also clear that that impacted the game, which led to a third goal that's the being conceded. That is the absolute point of the nature. Like that's what's at hand here. VAR was designed to streamline the process of getting decisions correct every time in a timely manner, right? You created, you created a more than five minute delay in a game at the pivotal moment in the game. Because why? And if you explain that it is human error based on the fact of camera angles, okay, something needs to be done about that. If there weren't enough camera angles, something really needs to be done about that. (laughs) Uh, But something, regardless, will have to be done about that if you're going to get the confidence back of people watching these games to make sure you get the calls right and do so in a way that doesn't want your audience to tune out. And Alejandro Bedoya's yellow card that is going to cause him to get suspended earlier than he would already be getting suspended at some point during this season shouldn't count. It shouldn't. I wouldn't no, be surprised if you take a look that... at it, but <laughs> I don't know what much you can do there. I mean, the reality is, like you said, like it's it's a it, the only. I mean, really. Like you said, the reality of VAR is you want to get the calls right. And because of VAR, we got the calls right. But this is a really bad look on the VAR official and the center referee to have to go to the monitor twice to get the position of every player on the field to figure out whether this goal was offsides or not. And to me it's just it it doesn't it doesn't actually make me lose confidence in VAR because as much as i hate VAR um it doesn't actually make me lose confidence in VAR what it makes me lose confidence is is a center official who can't go look at the screen and go hey look where Kai Wagner is on the field now maybe the reason they got it wrong is because the announcers couldn't get Kai Wagner's name right the whole game but <laughs> the point is <laughs> Sorry, that annoyed me so much. It is not Wagner. It is Wagner. That guy, The dude is not from Philadelphia. The dude is from Germany. (laughs) Anyway, um, like, you have to be able to know where your players are in the field. You have to be able to figure that out. You have to be able to, if you can, if you can draw me inch perfect lines to decide on whether a defender's or attacker's arm is past the defender's elbow then you should be able to figure out that Kai Wagner was three yards out of bounds 
when that ball was played in. Yeah, and that's on pro. That's on pro referees. You know, that that problem may go inward, and it may very much well result in some changes in how things are done or who is on those games. But uh, something's going to happen. Something. Uh, will you hear about it? Will your favorite MLS blogger be writing an article about it? I'm going to say probably not. Uh, but <laughs> powers at hand, not happy. Regardless, the union have to move no, on. And be. like Justin said, they did not look bad. <laughs> so you're still sitting in a playoff spot. I'll tell you. You're still like the teams behind you really shouldn't scare you all that much in terms of who's lurking behind. Uh, and it's also only four games in. <laughs> But the season's over, Supporter Shield is dead, and there's no chance of winning anything when you're four points behind a team that you have to play twice this season. Ah, yes, and St. Um, Louis is going to go undefeated the rest of the season, so there's no way we're catching up to them, right? Only and, one point I mean, behind it, LAFC still. <laughs> only one point behind LAFC still. Um... I mean, the whole thing's funny because, like, I get some of the concerns from behind the start of the season um, because, like, I mean, it doesn't look like this is basically the exact same team from last season, but also it's hard for it, too, based on just they still had an offseason and are working back to full fitness. Um, they are without their starting goalkeeper, and Joe Bendick should be firing into the sun. Um, and, but like when, even when all that comes together, we've been here before, literally last season, we were here before while that team had a slightly better start to the actual season, like right out of the gate, they went seven games without winning a game. Um, over like March, April, and May, and look what they still went out and accomplished. And like, it's not saying that this team is gonna be exactly as good as last team's last year's team was. And that's a reason why even recording this podcast, we were just like, make sure you enjoy what you're watching because this is literally like performance levels that we may never see again because you can only break every offensive record in the league so many times <laughs> um but like there is no reason to be concerned about if this team can compete for mls cup four games into the season yeah i mean my only like my one thing that i was just like from that game that i was kind of i mean Obviously, when you go down a man, like it's going to be hard. You're going to have, you're going to, you know, especially in the last five, 10 minutes of the game, you're going to have balls thrown in the box, you know, time after time after time. And all you're going to be doing is clearing those balls. Um, but the reality from, and they did a good job for the first, I, from the 80th minute to the 90th minute, like there was not a single ball getting through. Um, and they were doing a great job of defending the box. But, um, my my question, for, I guess my question for Jim would be, um, do you take Imbizo out 
in the 80th minute when you're up a goal in the future? Could be a move. Could it could it's a reasonable yes. conversation to have <laughs> where you're shifting Wagner to wing back and you bring Bedoya to right wing back and you shrink the midfield a bit? Yeah. Um I just mean, do you bring Harriel on at that uh, point? No, like, Harriel's obviously a better defender. I would rather bring in Damien and go to a back three. Uh, but they did that and still lost. But they the didn't game. take out Baiza on a ball that Mbaiza. So who's, know, who's but... your who's your wing back in that case? Uh, Bedoya. It's if you're going defensive, you might as well just throw him there. Like, why not? I mean, either either way, Mbaiza can't be goal side on a on a player and lose to that ball in the air to to like, be absolutely you have to fair. get to that ball first. on both on both the second goal and the third goal if those actions are performed by a defender on an attacker they're calling that in the box <coughs> that's what i'm saying on those two goals okay i i'm i i agree with you completely but Baizo's got to be a little tougher than that on the third goal. Like, he went down so easy uh, on that yeah. play. And I I know as soon as he went down, he was looking for the foul. But, like, you have to put up – you're 97 minutes into the game. You can't give up a goal when you're goal yes. side. Like, it's not a – you yeah. can't. You have to get you to the assert, ball. You have to assert yourself in that position. Uh, I don't know if that is a physical stamina thing or a mental awareness thing on his part, like he couldn't anticipate that this move was coming on to him, that Kyoto was going to try to get goal side. Um, I, and I don't care if you give up a penalty there and lose the game on the penalty. Yeah. But like, at least fight for the yeah. ball. Don't give up an open header. You know what I mean? Like also could Joe Bendik have reacted any slower to a giant looping no. cross going into the box. Literally. No. <laughs> Seeing what side it's going to go to, not getting big, and then getting beaten. But, um, this is, this becomes the duality of Joe Bendik. We He's just, such I a mean, good character, man, for the culture of a place. And... Well, we we got ahead of ourselves when the Union finally won a game that he started because they don't do that. Yep. But uh, I'll tell you what. Things could really be a lot worse right now when you look. Well, actually, they, actually, they might be. They might be. This next game is going to be a um, uh, Jim Curtin's word might come to mind mm. again. <laughs> oh, boy. What do we think about it? <laughs> what do we, what has to happen here? Like, genuinely. We have to get eleven players on the field, and the—that's the first test. The missing list. Can you get a full lineup? Yeah, one sec. I need to try and find the actual. Ones. I have it. I need to find that. I have it. Okay, you have it. I cool. have it pulled up. So missing this game: Damian Lowe for Jamaica, Daniel Gazdog for Hungary, Jose Martinez for Venezuela, Richard Odada for Kenya, and your trio of Quinn Sullivan, Jack McGlynn, and Brandon Craig for the U.S. under-20 men's national team in Spain. Cool. Plus Andre Blake and Julian Carranza. 
Interesting. Interesting stuff. Let's build a lineup here for the union. Um, more than welcome to use this. Absolutely. Like, don't, don't worry about it. We got you. So Chris Donovan, Chris Donovan is going to start this game. Um, that that's just going to have to happen. We're going to have Bedor. No, I know you're probably right based on who's available. It's just that I am overseeing Chris Donovan on a soccer field. But can can he play? <laughs> well, if you play if if you play Torres in that position, you now don't have a 10. Yeah. So No, I I've been going through this mental struggle of how to keep Chris Donovan off the field. Um, and there really is no way that I can. So the game doesn't have to be won by him. It's a, it's 11 guys on the field. It doesn't have to go through Chris Donovan if it doesn't have to. All right. Who else is in this lineup? Right. Who else do we got? This is the union having this conversation right now. It's like, what do you mean all these guys are gone? Who else do we got? We got Torres at the 10. We have Donovan at the I mean, so you, you, you have to play right. Torres Who, at the 10. Who's yep. pairing with him at striker? Yep. Who's left? Ua? Well, Ua. Okay, yeah, very good. I mean, that's it. That's, yeah. not, that's not bad. All right, <laughs> midfield. We have Perea, Bedoya, and Bueno? You have Flock. Okay. Uh, yeah, the most likely <laughs> midfield four is Bedoya and Bueno as your shuttlers, Flock as your six, Torres as you your what, ten. guys, it's not a bad midfield. Not a bad midfield right there. And who do we have in the back? Literally the starting back line. I don't know why y'all are worried. I don't know why y'all are worried. Um, <laughs> you, you have nothing. Well, you don't have that. the starting back line because you don't have Bizo. Um, but you still have close to the starting back line. And I hope that you're giving Holden Trent his first start. I at would keeper. certainly entertain it. Uh, I don't think Baizo got called. Is he on yellow card? Or do you think Jim benches him? Because he's he ain't got he ain't got that dog in him. Oh, uh, um, I, I didn't see the the full call ups for Cameron, but I mean he 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 might still get benched. That <laughs> he usually does is I mean it usually is the way that this runs is. Whenever he has a bad performance, he's reminded that he needs to earn this start and then goes on a tear, and you never see Nathan hey, Ariel look, again. It's, it's, if that's the energy we're getting out of it, then it's it's time to repeat. You know, let them to let them fight each other. If there's any rotation position on this union team that's that flexible, it's right back. The one constant being that none of them will ever score a goal for this team ever. Because I have put a curse on the Philadelphia Union and a right backs won't score goals ever again. Ever, ever, ever again. Never, oh, ever. Man. Until Ray Gaddis retires. This, this is man. on you, Ray. 
you have to retire and then the right the curse will be lifted uh but i hope you play out your career to the longest of your ability because you're a fantastic individual and like seriously take your time with it if cincinnati is going to keep giving you that bread but just know that the curse still stands it does uh um i know i know orlando doesn't have glees which is a big miss for them but who else are they without they had a couple call-ups i believe my only thing well you guys look that up my only thing about this game is no your starting lineup's not that bad and that's why that's why it's great that the union have such a deep lineup is you can have a b lineup out there and still have a still have a good lineup on the field my problem is so you're down two to one at the end of this game. Who's getting you the tying goal? And like, Raffinello. you have nobody. You have Raffanello you're putting on the field. You have Perea, maybe. You have Nelson Pierre and Matt Real. Hey. Can Holden Trent play on the field? <laughs> you have like four subs in this game. So that's why I'm like a little bit like, I don't know also, what. Why does. Why does searching Orlando City like call ups the first result from the club? It has I just pulled that Darryl out Chuck, and, and I was Chris like, Mueller. You know what? I don't think I'm gonna um, find it. <laughs> yeah, it's like what what year is this? Is it June twenty twenty, um, right? It's literally yeah, all like yeah, all the results that come up at first are from 2020. Then like even things that are talking about Louisville. Um, oh jeez. Ah, uh, the internet, the oh, world's geez. at your fingertips. So you really got to dig for it, though. It really doesn't matter yeah. though. The union just have to play a good game and. Some of these guys are going to be playing for time on the field. I think Torres is a guy who's playing for time on the field. Uh, I think, uh, you know, Perea, well, I think he's at least already earned his time on the field based on every time that he steps on the field, something happens. Um, just again, with uh, the attack that the union have, it's like where are those minutes going to come from? Although, at least for right now, um, they're going to come from Carranza. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think more of what I mean, Chuck, is like, come, uh, yeah, he's definitely in time of the field, but like, come the two games against Atlas, and what is it, like, four games in 12 days or something to start off April, uh, you have, you know, you have the two against Atlas plus your two weekend games, uh, you know, obviously does... Torres get a start in one of those games, you know, or two of those games. Uh, and like, how does that play into it? So I just feel like if Torres can put in a good shift, like maybe Jim goes, okay, cool. You're starting both the Atlas games or something, you know? Uh, so I think you got to like, Torres is still playing for time on the field. I think Bueno or Perea, whoever plays, sure. uh, could be playing for time on the field um, with a start there. Um, not to say that Flock has not been effective this season, but I feel like I haven't seen him make a play all season long. So, 
could somebody be playing for his spot on the field? And unfortunately, Jack McGlynn's playing for that spot with the U.S. men's national team <laughs> under 20. Yeah, I mean, regardless, you're you're looking at these guys and you're going, you're not going, oh, no, we're doomed when you have these fill-in guys. And that's a great problem to have for an MLS yeah, for team. Sure. You need to be that deep if you're going to be able to hold your own at any competitive level, especially with, you know, being one of the few MLS teams that has to deal with Champions League. You're not feeling awful about going into it, which is nice. A nice change of pace. And not worrying about if Fafa Pico has to be a 10-goal scorer for this Union team to make it to the playoffs. We're a little past that, which is bounds and strides. Uh, yeah. So we're going to try to get through Orlando, and then uh, we'll see what's going out on the other side here. But we'll be recording before that. Well, we're gonna hope that. Well, we're gonna hope that Justin's situation of needing to win the game after the 60th minute doesn't happen, because that yeah. is 100% where concern comes in. Because there will not be a game winner on the bench. Um, mm. You have your starting lineup, and then I disagree. I think Matt Real gets a goal if we need it. If the Union need a goal, Matt Real's gonna get it, and he's gonna be playing at left back, so it's okay. not gonna count, and the curse will still be intact. Win for me. The sequence of events that would need to happen for Matt for Real to be playing left Matt back. Real to to score a goal while playing at left back. I'm even more concerned about how this game. Get would it done. Go. Get it done. However you need to. <sighs> it's chaos hour, baby. I feel like the the conversation with Jim and Kai this week is going to be listen, Kai. You're going 90 no matter what. So do not get cards. Like, do not <laughs> do not get cards. Do not get injured. Nothing happens to you because you're going 90. We'll see. <laughs> well, there were some pos- there were some positive things in Union World uh this That's right. This week though. Uh Jacob Glesnes gets a new contract. It's a beautiful contract thing extension to see that a team is willing to not have the turnover and really just stick to their guys that they know can do the job and do it well. Glesn is here through 2025, I believe, is the extension. Yeah. So. Like, well done. No notes. Yep. yep. You are, they, they really never, no, they never <laughs> mess well up done. these no extension notes. talks but... like so bad that we're questioning the front office like they do it they do it well and to see them doing it early in the season it's just great like you've already seen that jacob is well equipped for this i mean he's the best defender in the league and like even this past game was the best defender in the field by leaps and bounds so yeah i'll i'll take it (laughs) you you gotta lock up guys like that and yeah, then I, no, I mean, it, it's pretty impressive that they keep signing these guys to extensions. They know what they have here. They have yeah, stability sure. and a spotlight. Like, for sure. they have a good, they have a good foundation for them to be to show how good they can do on a well-built team. Because that's what this, I mean, this union team is well-built. It's well-engineered to perform at a high level. And that doesn't require an injection of a ten million dollar man. 
Yeah, I just don't know how, like, because at a certain point, like, you do kind of have to run into, okay, this person's had so many raises, but we don't have a designated player spot. What do we do? Um, and I'm, I am just wondering, like, how close uh, these defenders are to that point where MLS roster mechanics make um, extended sure. very finicky. Yeah. Well, I mean, Messi's about to throw out the rule exist. book. They're about to throw out the rule book for Messi, they do so we the might union. have to adjust to new life <laughs> after that, and that might even work in our favor, but we will have to see. If Messi and Busquets come to Miami, it's going to change the way MLS will I have guess. to do their business. Um, Simply. Well, but wasn't it that the the union weren't allowed to have um, Zlatan on their discovery list, but other teams are allowed to have, like, global stars. Like I said, changing week by week, bud. We simply don't know, and we can only hope to ever truly comprehend (laughs) it one day. That's a lifetime journey, and you can join that journey with us. Follow us on VFTB Pod. Wait, I still still have notes. I still I'm have notes. Trying to be that we the did best not host hit. I can, and this is why I told you before we started recording <laughs> to please just take over whenever you want, Justin. I just, I just want to talk about. Uh, let me see, six, yeah, six former uh, Philadelphia Union players. One, Casper uh, Shabilko decided to score Ooh, one of the prettiest wee. goals he's ever scored this past weekend. Uh, for Chicago, uh, that was a nice one, and then uh, Sergio Santos got one for Cincinnati as well. So I think win both those games. You got you got to be winners. proud to see your talent. Uh, so that was nice. One uh, there is nice when it's not against yeah, yeah. you. Exactly, exactly. Paxton Aronson gets his Eintracht Frankfurt debut. So we'll we'll take that as well. And uh, one Austin Trusty gets picked for the U.S. men's national team, along with Mark McKenzie and Brendan Harrison, <laughs> but whatever. But Austin Trusty back in the U.S. Can't men's say national you didn't team see. picture. It was Can't say I Birmingham. didn't see it coming at some point, but, I mean, it's here. Like, it's happening. This is a real shot. <laughs> like... If you're not going to use John Brooks, you might as well. Yeah, I mean, throw him in into the wind. Trusty. See if he flies. There's not a there's n- there's not a better maybe, time. Than maybe right he now, does. So let it just be right now. Uh, what do you truly have to lose here in 2023? Like, <laughs> you got to have the flexibility there at that position. Find it now before you get close to these qualifiers. If, if you're the U.S. men's national team, you have apparently you nothing, have to, nothing lose, to lose. Nothing to lose. Nothing. 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 All right, now you can end Super. the show. Uh, well, thank you, Justin. And pass it on to me, and we'll uh, just go ahead and leave you with all of our social media handles, which are VFTB Pod at pretty much everything. Uh, 
you search that, you will find it on our domain. You will find it on Twitter, on Spotify, on you name it. Views from the Bridge, that's who we are. We love having you guys reach out to us and tell us what we're doing good, what we're doing bad, what you're doing in your life. We're here. We'll listen. (laughs) And we will talk about it on the show. It'll be a great time. Until that next time, though, guys, we got to beat the Orlando team. We got to do it with who we got. And Matt Riel scoring that goal, baby. It's coming. It's coming. Hot take. What's your score? What's the score of the game? I give it 2-1. 2-1 to the Union. Bold prediction. Matt Real, game winner. 1-1. Oh. I'm the only optimist here. That's all right, guys. We'll be... (laughs) 1-1 is pretty optimistic based on... um... Where nah, you're making right Nancy's. Now. You're yeah. winning this one. Have a good night, everybody. Go Union. Have the best week you can. That's it for another episode of Season 5 of Views from the Bridge. You can find us all over the internet, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at VFTB Pod. Did you enjoy the show and want to show your support? There are two ways. You can head to designtree at dsgntree.com slash VFTB for our latest merch. Or buy Sabir at ko-fi.com slash VFTBpod. Thanks for listening and your support. Views from the Bridge is a podcast of the Beautiful Game Network. For Evan Villela, Chuck Booth, and Paul Catrino, I'm Justin Ashcraft, signing off.